Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. So, well, everybody, <laughs> are you you all feeling at least a little lighter, a little uh, smidge? I think of com- relief. I think compared to what 2020 has been, this past week has been like just the highlight of the year. It has been the the shining light at the end of the tunnel. It was a long week. It was a long week. It feels like it was like two whole months in there. Yeah. That's just how the time moves this year, though, right? Tuesday was a week. March was a year. The first day felt like three days. The second day. the, The first day of the election felt like 30 days. And then the second day of the election. Well, I can't. There was like one day there where I was relieved. I was like, okay, that's good. Uh, yeah, there's work to do, but we the, the right guy got got the win. Uh, and then uh, and then now there's all the talk of a coup, which I'm like, well, okay. Now, now I'm not going to really feel great until January 20th. Yeah. <laughs> it's old I man Biden's <laughs> butt is in that chair. Yeah. Well, that's what I I had this moment where I was like, well, this is this can't be a coup because it seems so haphazard and incompetent. And then I thought, oh, wait, well, wait, that's everything that he's done. (laughs) So maybe the coup would be haphazard and incompetent. I read an article that was like, let's talk about the coup currently happening in America. I was like, well, okay, I guess we're living through this, too. (laughs) I didn't really think about it. (laughs) I've seen a lot of those tweets from people who live outside the U.S. who are like, hey, hey, guys. (laughs) Hey, uh, did you notice? Hey guys, I, I, I kind of uh, this is you know usually when if we were a foreign country America would get involved because mm-hmm. we like to get involved in things like this. It's like well some other foreign country get involved on our behalf actually. <laughs> That's someone help my, us. Justin Trudeau, <laughs> can you, you come send, send some Canadians <laughs> talk some sense into people? I don't know. Can I, I just say anybody? But. Obviously, we elected the right person for many reasons. But mm-hmm. one of one of the best is that already we've had people like Justin Trudeau in charge of these much better countries. Just like, hey, I'm excited to work with America again. Mm-hmm. It's like I also am excited to work with America again. Yeah. <laughs> Justin Trudeau. How many people were like, "Well, welcome back, America"? Yeah. To- <laughs> I saw someone say, "Like, I have world. I <laughs> haven't been able to look at a real American flag at all for the last four years, but now it's like, oh my gosh, wait, it means something different." <laughs> yeah. Oh, it. I mean, it's a relief in that sense for sure. Uh, Justin and I have been watching Ted Lasso. <laughs> And which is a good show, by the way, guys. Uh-huh. I'm just gonna say, and like, it's weird to see an American character who's sort of like somebody you'd you'd want to claim, mm-hmm. like right now. Like, you feel like that's not who we've been on the world stage. And I, I was, I've watched it thinking, like, could we get back to a point where we're not like immediately reviled? <laughs> like, America shows up, and you're not like, <gasps> no, this not guy. America. <laughs> oh no did america just show up like can we get back to where people are like well i mean they've they've still got some stuff to work out obviously but yeah you know they're trying can we be trying we're trying are we trying again we're trying it'll just be nice to be able to show up places again though right that's that's been not allowed for a while now and for the good of the of the world which is fair uh, yeah. Which is fair. We've been in timeout for a long time. 
I just well, we <laughs> that's what happens when you play at fascism for a while. Yeah. You know, you get put in time out. <laughs> it just is so satisfying to see how many Republicans that still have just been very bad people, you know, these Republican politicians in the past, but all of them that are finally like, ah, this does not benefit me anymore to uh, defend the man that will no longer be president in a few months. Maybe I should congratulate Joe Biden and refuse it's, to call this election a fraud. The ones who the ones who are insistent on sticking with it, it is a weird play because it's like, what happened? I mean, he's leaving what office do you get in from, January. Yeah, what do you get from like, this? But I, 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 I like that. I like Joe. It's like Joe Biden's reply when they asked him, like, what are you going to do about all these Republicans who don't rec- recognize you as the said, president-elect? And he went, <laughs> they will. They will. <laughs> <laughs> that was his answer to the question. They, they will. will. Uh, I, I don't think... Like, I, I don't know if, like, Existence got new writers and they're just, just, this is what we're getting, but that Four Seasons landscaping moment. Uh, oh, <laughs> my gosh. I can't think about it. I'm going to pee my pants every time I do. Like, I don't, like, we live, somebody's watching this TV show <laughs> elsewhere. We're just stuck in the universe. It was so, it was so perfect. Every... It, it was one of those things where, like, when it first happened and I realized what was going on, like, wait a second. <laughs> That's a landscaping business. Hold on. There's Rudy Giuliani in a parking lot. Wait a second. That's an adult bookstore. As it came together, and then my, my immediate reaction was, I got to look into this. I need to know. I need to know how this happened. And then I kind of took a step back and went, maybe I don't, maybe I don't want to know too much. I don't want to, I don't want to break the spell. I don't want to ruin the funniest thing that's ever happened by knowing too much about it. I just wanted to know that it happened and have that image in my head and never peel back the layers too much. Uh, I think, I think a lot about like the TV show or the movie or the book series that will be written in about 30 years for the next generation of Americans that weren't alive or aware for like this whole part of history. And I just think about all the things that they're going to be like, well, that didn't really happen. That made, they made that up, right? That that's just an exaggeration. It's like, no man, it all happened. And this was the best part. (laughs) There's going to be, I, I, it always comes back to me of picturing like your old, um, like social studies books from like middle school yeah. where like they would have certain terms like bolded so that you would know like this is an important Four concept. Four seasons landscaping. <laughs> Four seasons total landscaping will be bolded. It will be in the index. <laughs> so you can look up what pages do they talk about? Four seasons total landscaping press conference. That'll be a question on a multiple choice test that's like where did President Trump have his team hold their first press conference after he lost the 2020 election? A, the Four Seasons Hotel, B, the adult video store across the street, or C, Four Seasons Total Landscaping. Oh, it's just... Kind of both B and C. Oh, my God, it's so good. It's all just... Well, and there might be a part in there about, like, things that influence, like, people to vote the way they did in the election. Borat. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, maybe Borat. That's going to be a long response (laughs) question about what did Rudy Giuliani do? The biography that's going to be written of Rudy Giuliani is going to have Borat in it. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I mean, <laughs> kids are going to be watching clips from Borat in their history classes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god, I'm crying. You know, it's what is it? Is it a curse or a blessing that may you live in interesting times? What? Which one is that? I saw a tweet. I think that's the idea that it's both. (laughs) I saw a tweet that said, "I would like to go back to living in precedented times, not unprecedented times." Also and presidented. Yeah. And also presidented, yes. Levels, yes. Yeah. Uh, well. well, I we're not, none of us on this show, I think I can speak for all three of us when I say, we're not naive enough to think that we're out of the woods. No. Um, no. We know there is still a lot of work that needs to be done um, and that this is not the answer to all of our prayers. Um, but at least it is a step in the direction we'd rather be moving mm-hmm. as opposed to a continued downward spiral. So there is that. Yeah. Yeah. God, I, I'm sorry. I just can't stop thinking about Four Seasons Total Landscape. We put out the fire. We got to rebuild the house. <sighs> That's and what then Four we Seasons can, Total Landscaping is for. And the wall that they had to make because they didn't have a backdrop, so they just took a bunch of Trump signs and stuck them together behind. Oh, man. Everything about it is just so perfect. It's all so good. So perfect. They interviewed the guy who owns the adult bookstore, (laughs) and he was just sort of (laughs) miffed that they took up all his parking spaces. That was his main thing. was like, I'm not getting a lot of traffic today because they took all my parking spaces. (laughs) Okay, well, I mean, this this season finale of 2020 has really just been a nail biter through and through. Uh, I, um, I hope that they have jumped the shark enough that the show gets canceled effectively. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it ceases to be interesting. Yes. It goes back to being boring. The vaccine is coming. It's coming. <sighs> and also Joe Biden, I guess. <laughs> also Joe Biden is coming, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so this apparently is a very appropriate episode for us to be doing. I have mm-hmm. read on Twitter that this has become somehow like the unofficial Buffy Appreciation Week. How yes. How is that? Uh, how did that happen? <laughs> well, it started with, I don't know who initially tweeted about Buffy, but Stacey Abrams got involved in the conversation. That's how you know you got to get involved in that conversation. Yeah. And was talking about because she's apparently a big fan of the show and was talking about like, I guess she ships Buffy and Spike. And so she was kind Mm. of explaining her choice there. Okay. um, Which is very cool. I mean, I already was like, I didn't feel bad about loving Buffy, but the Stacey Abrams also loves Buffy. Like. That's I cool. really love Buffy. Uh, uh, and like Joss Whedon agreed with her on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And so that like elevated the conversation. And then I guess I don't watch This Is Us, but apparently they talked about Buffy love on really? This Is Us. Yes. Wow. All right. So we are we are on the. Uh, the I don't know. We are in line the, with with the mass cultural discussion. Yes, we are in the zeitgeist. Nice. We didn't mean to be. We stumbled into relevancy. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't realize that last week the election would be a week. (laughs) No. We thought it'd be done. (laughs) We did. Yes. Yes. As did the rest of the world. (laughs) Uh, Here we are. But now we're going to talk about Buffy. Uh, Yes. yes. Um, So, yeah. So, Buffy, uh, of of course, uh, it was... 
a long-running TV show. Started in 97, uh, ended in uh, 2003. Uh, so there were seven seasons. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, then it actually continued uh, with a lot of the same writers into a, the comic book. So there was like several seasons within the comic book as well. Uh, but we're mainly just talking about the TV show. There was also a movie that came before all this. But we're not going to talk about that. Uh, no. It was a, I did enjoy that movie back when it, like, I did see it back in the I day. I've not seen the movie. Oh, really? really? Mm-hmm. Um, I, it does not even begin to right. compete with the series. Like, before I had seen the series, I saw the movie and thought, this is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the series and was like, oh, well, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, this is better. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I guess if for some reason somebody doesn't know uh, what Buffy the Vampire Slayer is about, it's all right there in the title, really. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> there's a girl named Buffy. She's a vampire slayer. Uh, and she's also a teen. Yes. And she just wants a normal teen life, but she was born the Slayer, so there's nothing that can be done about that. But the thing that sets her apart from other Slayers that makes her basically live long, outlive a lot of other Slayers is that she has friends, and friends and family are a very core theme of the show, that, you know, she's got people in her life that protect mm-hmm. her. Um, she, she also accidentally moves to the Hellmouth. Yes. Which is a good plot driver for the show <laughs> there are, now wait help me understand i don't remember if they address this is there just one hellmouth on earth or are there multiple is sunnydale the only hellmouth no i don't think so i don't remember i don't remember i think it's an hellmouth i don't think it's the hellmouth <laughs> so she moves to one of them yeah inadvertently and then makes you know a lot of trouble for those Vampires and demons. Yeah. Because yeah. I guess a hell and for, for spews human a lot friends. out and draws a lot close to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it's funny. I didn't watch Buffy. I was thinking about, like, when was I, when did I first start watching it? I didn't watch it when it was first on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, would watch at it sometimes, which is weird for me to remember that there was a time in my life, it was the pre-Justin time, when I would watch... <laughs> TV shows just if they came on mm-hmm. <laughs> out of order and skipping episodes like oh Buffy's on well, I'll watch it and see what's up with Buffy <laughs> having missed like several of the previous episodes yeah. and not even consider like well I don't I missed some or I wouldn't know what was going on like it never occurred to me like you should watch a show in order and not miss episodes and all that kind of stuff um, so I kind of watched at Buffy mm-hmm. that way does anyone do that anymore I I can't imagine that it happens that often. Someone does. Like, it's not a wild concept, probably. Kind of in the sense that, like, when I'm at home with mom and dad, there's always either some kind of news on in the background or, like, mm-hmm. Judge Judy going on. So in that sense, sometimes <laughs> I'll just pop my head in and be like, what's she, who's she yelling at today? What's, what's going on with her? Um, uh, that was... That, that time I was at home with mom and dad is the one episode of Game of Thrones <laughs> I ever <you> watched. <laughs> so, yeah, Just I that guess. that one, it was very confusing for me. <laughs> I guess when I am at home with mom and dad, I do that a lot. <laughs> but not intentionally. Uh, yeah, but I, I, it was not until later, probably because of you, Tay, because I think you got into it before I did. And then you talked about it and I was like, well, maybe I should go back and watch this whole thing. And also technology got to a point later on where it was easier to go back and watch a whole thing. That's exactly what I was going to ask is this is going to make me sound so just 
stupid. But how did you start watching something in like the 2000s that had already happened? Like there was no Netflix. DVDs. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they had. Okay. Uh, I I had I had the season by season DVD collections that they came out with. Okay. Because I know mm-hmm. I remember the first episode that I watched was actually it was a season two episode. Um, when it aired, it was the Halloween episode. Uh, I think it's just called Halloween, but the one where they all turn into their costumes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I loved that episode. But that was the first episode that I watched live, and I kept up with it more or less from that point forward. But then, yeah, I guess I guess said that you watched it when it came out, started coming out on DVD. Uh, yes. Yeah, I don't know when it started, okay. but that was definitely. I know what era. DVDs are. <laughs> I don't want anyone to think I don't know what DVDs are. I just wanted to clarify that I was like following how you would go about watching a show from the beginning that was currently on TV in the 2000s. You would you would buy the DVDs. And that would also be like, I mean, especially when I was a teenager and in college, it was like a stumbling block to getting to see a whole show because I had to be able to afford to buy Mm -hmm. all the seasons. Mm -hmm. So like you'd buy and then sometimes you couldn't. This is weird to think about. So this was before it was like commonplace to just go on the internet and buy anything you wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you had the money, you'd go down to like Suncoast or whatever. Sam Goody, yeah. <laughs> Sam Goody. And maybe they didn't have the season you wanted. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so then you'd have to go later or and check, check somewhere again. Else. Oh my gosh. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> and that- I mean, it wasn't long before like internet buying things on the internet took over, but there sure. was a gap there. Yeah. Where like, oh, they don't have the season I want. I guess I'll come back next week. <laughs> but it, that still seemed wow. like revolutionary to be able to have a whole season in one little box because, you know. Yes. It wasn't long before that. My my collecting in the late 90s was VHS. So, it you know, you'd get three to four episodes per tape and <laughs> each tape was like $25. <laughs> so that's, that's very true. That's how you bought things. Let's say a whole, a whole a season would take up a whole bookshelf and it would cost you a couple hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. That's very true. I remember um, having many VHS tapes of things and then the DVD seasons made it smaller and then they came out with the DVD like whole series box sets after the series would end and then you got to get those because they have special things in them and that is why I have three sets of MASH. Sure. (laughs) For a long time I had two sets of Buffy because the original series came out in these individual like each season had its own different color DVD set and they were really cool actually Uh, and then they came out with one like whole collection that I decided to buy because at some point I'd lost some random disc in season four. I was like, well, I guess I got to buy the whole thing. Uh, And it was only in my last move that I decided, you know what? I don't need either of these anymore. It is all on the internet. It is all (laughs) readily available. These take up space. (laughs) Those are hard to let go of. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but once, once I had seen all of Buffy... I don't know if you're like this, Tay, but I feel there are... So I am very familiar with certain seasons because I've seen them over and over again. There are certain episodes I've watched over and over again. Um, I went back and, like, did a rewatch. So, like, the early seasons I am more familiar with. But there are certain, like... When you get to, like, season four, it gets real murky for me because I didn't particularly love it. And I don't... I think I only watched it just the one time through. Mm -hmm. Um and then there are certain aspects of like I've seen season six so many times. It's like my it, that was my favorite season. So I I, I don't know. 
Yeah, there are definitely. I was. I was just. I put on some <clears throat> random episodes uh, last night, and like there was an episode. I was like, I guess I remember seeing this, but. I have such vague memories of this one, like it was a random episode in season three, and I really like season three. But uh, yeah, but I like I don't I, I maybe saw this like it was probably playing on the DVD, and I just kind of had it on, but I never really focused on this episode, and it was actually a really interesting episode. But I, I feel like every, that's every time I watch Buffy, there will be one episode that I realize I've never really paid attention to the plot of this because uh, mm-hmm. there is a lot of Buffy. There is a lot of Buffy. Yeah. I I went back and just watched the very very beginning because I think it'd probably been the longest since I'd seen that I watched the mm-hmm. first like three or four episodes and then I watched um my two favorite I think probably because they were the two episodes that you all showed me before I'd even seen the rest of Buffy um once more with feeling and tabula rasa both of those I remember watching without ever having seen another second of Buffy mm-hmm. and being very confused but loving them very much so I watched those two again it's, last night. It's hard to compete I would say that there are very few TV series that you could say have like in my mind two episodes back, back to, to back, back that are so I mean first of all the musical episode is I mean it's legendary it's, it's amazing it's perfect. it's perfect and Tabula Rasa is so funny and clever, but then also moves the plot forward, which is, which it's like to come the descent from (laughs) once more with feeling like, like to stick that landing is so impressive into tabula rasa because it has that great moment in tabula rasa. They all forget who they are. Yeah. So they forget that like they slay demons and vampires and that this is normal for them and that they're capable of doing this. And so they open the door and there are, demons there and vampires and they like all scream and slam the door shut <laughs> like it's the, it's one of the funniest things that i don't know it's just such yeah. it's such a you know it's a it's such a duo perfect duo well i i think what i i mean i know this is one of the the held up is one of the best episodes of buffy but it's easily one of my favorites is um hush uh, yes. Yes. Probably the to me the scariest episode. Maybe the yeah. the season. Mm-hmm. The I think it's the season three Halloween episode, Fear itself. I think that's season three. Uh, that one's pretty. That one scared me pretty pretty good too. But Hush is to me the hands down scariest episode of Buffy, uh, where the gentlemen come to town and they steal everybody's voices. So it's an entirely silent episode. Nobody has dialogue for the bulk of the episode and. Uh, they're there to steal people's hearts and nobody can scream. And that's a terrifying premise. And it they just do it so well. Yeah, it, I remember that episode genuinely, like, upsetting me. Especially the silence for almost the entire thing is just so unsettling. It, it's a, it's a, it won some sort of award, didn't Yeah, it? I think it might have won an Emmy or something. I don't know. Yeah. But it, yeah, no, it's, a, it's an amazing episode. Yeah. Um, let's get more into why we feel so connected to Buffy because we haven't really touched on that, the characters and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, let's check the group message. First of all, this week, I want to tell you all about HelloFresh. Tell us. All right. Because right now, uh, a lot of us are, are cooking more at home, going out a little less, and it can be kind of intimidating to know, like, what should I make tonight? What recipes should I try? And what uh, ingredients will I need? And I always hate when I go buy a bunch of stuff and then I have like leftover herbs or something that I won't necessarily use right away and it might go bad and I'll have wasted them. And HelloFresh solves all those problems by delivering right to your door uh, fresh pre-measured ingredients 
seasonal recipes, uh, all in a meal kit. America's number one meal kit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, with something that everybody would enjoy, uh, whatever your eating style is, whether you're vegetarian, if you need family friendly recipes, uh, they're all like 20 minutes to do. They're easy to follow instructions, recipes, exactly what you need. No waste left over. The ingredients are all pre-measured and everything. So you just use what's in the box and that's all That's all you need. Um and uh, you can keep your fridge stocked by adding extra meals, proteins, quick meals like breakfast on the go or 10-minute lunches, even desserts. Desserts? Yeah, desserts. Um, the packaging HelloFresh uses to ship your food is almost entirely made from recyclable and or already recycled content. So you can feel good about that. And, I mean, it's really easy to do. I am uh, by no means a professional chef. <laughs> I... I do my best. Mm -hmm. Um, And I certainly, I don't have a lot of like built-in knowledge about what goes well together and what recipes to try and how could I like push my kids' taste buds a little bit without like having a huge fight over dinner. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And HelloFresh is really a huge help in all those ways. Um, So if you want to check out HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash stillbuffering90 and use code stillbuffering90 to get $90 off, including free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash stillbuffering90 and code stillbuffering90 for $90 off. Now, Sydney says um, she has been spending a lot of time cooking recently. I have been spending a lot of time in bed recently. (laughs) Fair. I don't have much else to do or anywhere else to go, really. None of us do, really. Um, So I have discovered that it is very important to have a mattress and a pillow that you love if you're going to be in bed a lot. And also, not all mattresses and pillows are created equal. They're not all the same. And that's why I like purple because they have the purple grid that sets their mattresses apart from all other mattresses. It's their patented comfort technology that adapts to your body's natural shape and sleep style. So it's this really cool, squishy grid. It is purple and it, mm. it forms to your body. It makes it so you're always comfortable and you don't have to keep readjusting to get yourself in that right position. You're always in that right position. It also helps keep you cool. Yes. I have a purple pillow. Do you? And my head is always cool. Always on the cool side of always the pillow. Always cool. They, uh, it has 1,800 open air channels designed to neutralize body heat. So you never have to do that thing where you stick one leg out from under the covers mm-hmm. like to get cool, but then yep. you got to worry about the monsters under your bed yeah. snatching that foot. It's exactly why you can't. Yeah. yeah. You never have to worry about that with purple. Um, <laughs> it's the same for their pillows. Like Sydney said, they have total head and neck support and absolute airflow. Um, they're very comfortable. I also just enjoy the feel. Very squoosh. Um very squoosh. Very squoosh. Makes spending all your time in bed a lot a lot better. So if you want to experience the purple grid, go to purple.com slash buffering10 and use promo code buffering10. For a limited time, you'll get 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash buffering10, promo code buffering10 for 10% off any order of $200 or more. Well, And we also have a Jumbotron this week. Uh, yeah, this is to Jake from Alyssa and, uh, Alyssa writes, dear Jake, happy third wedding anniversary. I hope this message, (laughs) I hope this message finds you on a cool fall day when there's just the right amount of fog outside. It's really beautiful visual. Uh, I love you so much more than words can say. Thank you for keeping it spooky and always looking when I point out a big tree. (laughs) Love, Alyssa. (laughs) Oh, well, that's happy wonderful. anniversary! Congratulations, yeah. you two. 
Yeah. That's wonderful. So, Jake and Alyssa, thank you, and I hope you have a wonderful, semi-foggy, cool day with lots of big trees. (laughs) Um, So, I think it it is not uh, revolutionary, necessarily, to say that Buffy... Buffy. (laughs) Yes, that Buffy... Well, not only did uh, we all really enjoy Buffy, but it was... It became, like, kind of a cultural touchstone. There was a lot of, like... Um, Buffy not only was about a cool woman fighter who was tough and independent. And I mean, obviously that was kind of like the, the seed of the show. Mm -hmm. Like here's this cool, tough woman. Uh, but also it was funny. Mm -hmm. It was clever. It was witty, the banter, the back and forth. I think that in the same way that I think like for me, Dawson's Creek informs some of the ways I interact with people. Uh-huh. I think Buffy also had an influence in like the the way the gang mm-hmm. talk to each other. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like I feel mean. like that language, that pattern, influenced a generation mm-hmm. and more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, I this is what always happens whenever you all introduce me to shows. Is it's always a show that if I had been around and watching it when you all were teens, I would have been able to talk about it with all my friends. And, and formed my gang to match, you know, the Buffy gang. <laughs> um, but sadly, I Is was... Is that what you do? Yes. <laughs> uh, sadly, I was introduced to Buffy many years after it was no longer on TV and mm-hmm. many years after all the teens were watching it. Um, so I, I enjoyed it and started watching it because you all did. And I always thought whatever you all were watching was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I have not been able to have the same cultural generational experience there's always a moment whenever i find someone else my age that's also seen all of buffy where i'm like you've you've seen it all oh my gosh (laughs) let's talk about it spike rangel (laughs) it's it's so smart in the and i think it's the kind of thing that should appeal like it should have lasting appeal like as as people who Mm -hmm. weren't necessarily around or aware when it first came out like can connect with it now Mm -hmm. because it starts with like as, as it was called the monster of the week kind of formula where mm-hmm. it's really just about like fighting the supernatural and they're funny teens. And that was kind of, that was the thing. Yeah. Uh, and it evolves into something that is obviously like overarching storylines driven by that kind of plot. Not necessarily each, each week will move that along as you're also getting like whatever the a mm-hmm. plot is and that kind of thing. But it also was about a lot of stuff. I always think about like, the build up to the idea of Willow being the big bad mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. the end of one of the seasons, you know, was so clever. Cause so if, if you haven't seen the show, Willow is Buffy's friend who starts out as like the very quiet, nerdy, shy girl who's you very smart. To Willow, Sydney? You know, I, at some point I think I did mm-hmm. definitely. Um, now in my life I'm not like that but yeah when mm-hmm. I was younger I definitely did but like her her superpower in the beginning why she's such a good member of the team are like her library skills <laughs> yeah <laughs> right she's yeah. like she's like the very smart she knows she reads a lot and she can help solve puzzles and figure things out mm-hmm. while Buffy goes and beats stuff up um, but she evolves into this force unto herself through her witchcraft through her power to do magic and do spells until that gets out of control and she becomes the, as I think, did, did everybody call it the big bad? Yeah. Yeah. 
like was the that, like was the big like normal like parlance, of the like, season or, yeah. or multiple seasons even if you like you defeat the the monster of the week as you said you mm-hmm. still got that going on yeah yeah um i i thought that was such a smart subtle clever evolution of that character because it's coming so far before it happens mm-hmm. i don't know taylor i don't know if you felt that oh, way yeah. but i felt like on rewatch and rewatch you see willow becoming that inch by inch for so long before like oh now she snaps because her girlfriend Tara gets killed and well, bam there is a scene she's yeah all the way in season back in season three when she's like we're you know having fun with what of like spinning a pencil in the air <laughs> and showing off that she's learned how to do this ooh and she says it's all about emotional control and this is when faith is of issue and Buffy brings up faith who doesn't really get along with Willow, and Willow's pencil starts spinning out of control and, like, shoves itself into a tree, and Buffy's like, oh, emotional control, okay. And it's kind of just a joke, like, haha, she didn't want to talk, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. she didn't want to talk about Faith. But it's like, oh, man, this was, was it always supposed to be there? Is that how, like, mastermind Joss Whedon was over how the plot was going to develop? Because it does, it's like, you can find hints at what eventually happens to Willow all the way back at the, like, when she first starts messing with witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I and I, I really enjoyed that. They do that so well as the show goes on where like the rest of the the Scooby gang <laughs> is not just like a stereotype of, well, we need the smart girl. We need the goofy guy. We need that, you know, whatever, like they each become something else, mm-hmm. you know, um, and through the introduction of new characters that stick like. Uh, how often can you do that in a show like that where you bring in somebody new like Anya? Mm-hmm. And at first, like Anya's also bad. Yeah. <laughs> and and th- but then like you redeem her enough to where by the end, I loved Anya and connected in some ways more with Anya than I <laughs> did with Willow. <laughs> well, and that, but that's yeah. how I think that it, the universe of Buffy, it, it's almost it's a weird sort of closed universe where a lot of the plot points get drawn from characters that have been in the background or have been like existing the whole time, but never really given their moment, which that's my favorite thing about Buffy is the more you watch of it, the more you get it, the more you get the in jokes, the more you understand like the the whole history of individual characters, because like Anya pops up. I think that's also she's season three or season four, but she is a consistent sort of side part of the cast for a while before she joins the main cast and there are a lot of characters like that like the the nerd trio that are the you think are the Mm -hmm. big bad in season is that five or six when is willow evil six Six. um Mm -hmm. like they they're background characters from season one um and you're Mm -hmm. just they're just students at buffy's school but then they eventually kind of come into their own or like amy the witch who you know once again is introduced in season one but appears consistently throughout it and eventually has a pretty big plot point in the show i I love that that it's like you know there's not just like here's you're introduced to a character one episode they become something important the next and then they're dealt with and then they're gone like it is a very contained universe Mm -hmm. which i think is why like some characters didn't stick um like for instance, Riley. <laughs> Sorry, Riley. It's okay. It seems to happen a lot to Riley. It's, it's an L-E-Y, All right, that's yeah. It oh. sounds the same. Yeah. Though. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, does that stand for something? <laughs> no, the spelling. 
I'm sitting there going, is this a cool kid thing that I don't know? L-E-Y. You know. Yeah, what would L-E-Y stand for? I have no idea. I would say they're cool. Loser, everyone yeets. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I mean, in part, because he was like kind of threatened by Buffy's power. And so yeah. that's a no-go that's eventually. True. But um, He's pretty, yeah. I mean, that's a, I, I don't know, like the, the idea that they're, that character, I remember him. I remember liking him more in the show. I'd be like, oh, really, he's not that bad of a guy. And then I'll rewatch. It's like, oh, he's terrible. He's yeah. terrible. Like, he's so threatened by Buffy having powers. And that's literally the reason that they can't be together. He's like, well, I don't know. You're the girl and you're strong. I don't like mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yeah. I, and I mean, I, I think that's probably pretty universal that most people would put season four low on their list anyway. Um, yeah, I, I was always a big fan of what after they bring Buffy back from what well, we find out is heaven mm-hmm. after season five, um, everything that transpired after that. But I also strongly shipped Buffy and Spike over Buffy and Angel. As and I know I. that that is you did, too. Yes. Really? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, that's everybody. I guess. Uh, here we go. Everybody, here. everybody in this room. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you know it's in, it's it's hard with the in in retrospect with the love for Spike because that was always my favorite character. Like he's introduced in season two, but brought back consistently mm-hmm. until he joins the Scooby Gang. I was always my favorite character, uh, hands down. I loved him with Drusilla. I loved him with Buffy. Um, but it's also. Like, there's some problematic stuff with Spike that it's really hard to, in retrospect, love that relationship because, you know, there's a scene where Spike tries to force himself on Buffy and it's never really dealt with after that. It's just kind of like, then he goes and gets a soul and then it's, you know, that's fine. He has a soul now. So, (laughs) uh, I don't know. But it's still my favorite ship. And, you know, I don't don't know if there's a non-problematic ship for Buffy. Well... (laughs) No, that's very that's, true. Yeah. That's very true. Because, like, I, I, I was never a huge Angel oh, fan. I d- <laughs> yeah, I just liked Spike more than Angel, which I think is why I liked Buffy and Spike more than Buffy and Angel. I, I never got the appeal of Angel, like, his whole, like, broody, mysterious, like, I don't know, p- kind of paternalistic presence in her life in the beginning just didn't didn't do it for mm-hmm. me. <laughs> He's got to be the imprint for uh, for Edward Cullen, though, right? Like, Design yeah. wise, yeah. that hair. Yeah. That, You're right. That, that they're so similar in design. Um, mm-hmm. And the, and I always I always like again as we talk about how the characters kind of change and evolve and have their own stories. Spike does too, mm-hmm. even though he's not a human. He's a vampire. He's he's bad, like he's a villain in the beginning when you first meet him. Um, but he's also like they hint that he like genuinely has love and affection for Drusilla. Like, there are moments of, like, he seems almost kind of uh, sympathetic. Mm-hmm. I, I remember on rewatch seeing those and seeing, like, eventually when he does make the flip and even without a soul becomes, I don't want to say good, but better. Mm-hmm. And then intentionally goes to get a soul so that he can be a good person. It's not shocking when you look back through the whole trail of his story you know whereas with angel like i don't know i never so if a soul was foisted upon him so he had to become good and as soon as he loses that sucker man (laughs) well (laughs) 
he's right back there. Yeah. And they, they, they confront the fact that your vampire self does have a relation to your human self. That you know that. So when you you look at like how before Angel was a vampire, he was just kind of he was you know just sort of a, a cheat and a, and a drunk, and then he becomes a vampire and he's super evil. Spike was like this sensitive poet who loved his mom. And I think like his story, (laughs) yeah, like even in season two, like it ends with him helping Buffy because he loves Drusilla and ultimately he doesn't really want, he doesn't care about like being the big bad and being evil. He just wants his girlfriend back. And that's kind of, you know, that's kind of his storyline throughout it. He's, He's just someone who even without a soul, he's still just trying to find love, albeit as an evil vampire. So I think that, you know, in, in, in the lore, it's kind of. He's built as a sympathetic character. And I think in the comics, he actually gives up his soul at some point, again, briefly, to to show that he can still be good without it or with it, that it doesn't matter anymore to him. But And then he, he becomes a ghost in Angel, right? I love, that, that is the one season of Angel that I, I, I owned. It's such a good season. I, I have never watched Angel. Uh, I've never seen it. You're the only episode I've watched. Mm-mm. The last one, really? <laughs> y- you were watching it, Tay. Oh, I, I, and I came in, and you were watching it, and I watched it with you. And it was the only episode <laughs> I ever watched. I finally went back and watched it. I held off on a long time because I wasn't interested. The only reason I actually watched it because they did add Spike to the show at some point, and so I wanted to know the context yes. context for the show. So I went back and watched it. It wasn't it wasn't bad. I liked Angel, but I really liked. I think it was season five of Angel that had Spike on it. That was the one little season of Angel that I owned. <laughs> was the one with Spike on it. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, well, Spike is such pure id, and that is something that is um, very, like, human. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, he's a vampire, but, like, that, uh, that understanding of this, like, constant drive to get what you need at any moment and not really concerned with what the bigger picture is, sure. is in all of us. And now we're not demons, so we... <laughs> right. <laughs> we don't purely act on that, but, like, I... I don't know. I found that very relatable in Spike. Mm-hmm. But I want to, I, I, largely because somebody tweeted at us asking us if we were going to talk about this. I do want to talk about one character that lasts the whole season, but I think in retrospect is maybe the worst character on the show. I think you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> Who? Xander Harris. Oh, uh, yeah. Like that is, you know, I think a lot of Buffy holds up for a rewatch, but I think that there is an element of Xander Harris that is such a, that's a 90s, like, oh, he's a good guy, but, like, oh, he's the nerd that's never going to get the girl. And now that we've, you know, we live in modern times, it's like, no, that guy's a jerk. <laughs> yeah. I think it's that's I think true. it's hard. I think you're right. Like, Xander, when I first watched it through, I did, I did like Xander a lot. Mm-hmm. I never, you know, I never shipped Xander and Willow, which I think you're, they're supposed to want you to do early on right it like, seems kind of forced it never seemed like i wanted them he, i wanted them together he's he's chasing the the hot new girl buffy but you know there's his nerdy little best friend who's been there for him the whole time mm-hmm. like i think you're supposed to fall into that trap i never bought into that yeah. um but i did like when they used to say like what's sanders role on the team he's the heart i did buy into that mm-hmm. for a long time like oh yeah he's the sanders the heart he's the <laughs> you know the nice guy he's mm-hmm. reliable dependable um they really twist that when he leaves Anya. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes you start to see Xander in a different light. And then I think you're right, Tay. I think if you look at him in modern day, he's like the bridge between <laughs> the 
sad, nice guy of like the John Cusack era <laughs> that we all loved and adored. And then like the like creepy incel of today yeah. who's like, no, you don't get to date me just because you like me. Like, that's not a You're thing. You're very right. Yeah. It, Xander sits in that in that time where we were shifting our perception. Because like, I mean, really, like, that's where that was born. Mm-hmm. The, the lonely boy man who like, he just wants to give you a mixtape what's the big deal like yeah. you know to today where it's like you don't have you know mm-hmm. you, just because you like someone doesn't mean they should have to date you no right. matter how nice you are well, i like even you know when he, he dates cordelia briefly uh who's like the cool popular chick who is i love cordelia i i hated her when i first watched it and then rewatching it later i'm like nah cordy's a great character yeah. she grows me too she's funny she's actually really caring mm-hmm. she's just you know not not at the beginning but when they have they they basically break up because uh because he they he makes out with willow and uh oz willow's boyfriend at the time and cordelia walk in on them while it's happening and cordelia like runs to get away from them and like falls through these stairs and is impaled like and has just it's a very traumatizing situation for her and whereas willow very much like takes time trying to be sorry and make it up to Oz. Xander's just very like, well, okay, then fine. Like, oh, you're moving on. Oh, you're better now. Fine. I'm better too. Like no sympathy whatsoever for the fact that he broke this girl's heart. And then she was put in the hospital because of it. Like that's Mm -hmm. from, you know, he was, he never really treated the women in his life very well for as much as he's the heart of things. That's, I think that's very true. I think, I think that on rewatch, I did that same flip where like, I, I kind of, Xander fell out of favor with me and Cordelia I liked much better because I did too like the first time through she is very much like oh there's the mean popular girl I know who that I know who that girl is on a show because that's always who that girl is I know what that character is yeah um and I definitely did that flip with her um I also you know Faith grew on me uh I really didn't like Faith when I first watched Buffy I really didn't like that whole thing I was like come on like why do we have to Buffy's cool enough and not a jerk why why you always have to why does the cool character have to kind of be a jerk to people like right. can't we just Buffy's fine and like I don't know she's a she's a character informed by trauma and I think uh, like on rewatch she makes a lot more sense and I, I cared a lot more about Faith and appreciated her journey mm-hmm. well because the first time through I thought the morality of Buffy is that if you did bad things you didn't get to live and so I didn't understand why Faith, you know, yeah. like I can't, like the first time through, I had problems with like, I thought there was an intrinsic morality in Buffy, but, mm-hmm. the, but there isn't. Not really. Exactly. Well, yeah. And, and I think this is where I think in some, in some aspects, and especially when it's trying to do so, Buffy is a very feminist show. Mm-hmm. But I think in some, in some ways, there's a bit of a conflict there in how it treats its female characters. Because here's the thing. Faith kills two people in her season, and that makes her bad, right? Now she's bad. Mm -hmm. She's an evil. She deserves to be killed. One person is by accident. The second person is because the first, like, parental figure to sort of show her love and care, because she's she's not really had any structure in her life. She's also supposed to be younger than Buffy. She's a younger Mm -hmm. slayer. Mm -hmm. So we're talking, like, a 17-year-old girl, like, 16, 17-year-old girl, Mm -hmm. who has this father figure in the mayor who turns out to be the big bad he coerces her into committing the second murder and because of that now 
Buffy's fine with killing her, fine with feeding her to Angel. Angel's fine with her dying. Giles is fine with her dying. Compare that to Spike and Angel that yeah. right. have killed thousands mm-hmm. and are, that's okay. Like, what up? No big deal. So it does seem a little unfair, a little skewed is this one girl is just, that's it. You deserve to die now. No redemption for you. But yeah. these dudes what? that killed thousands, that's fine. I think you're exactly right. I mean, especially with Angel, since it's so like uh, he gets a, he loses his soul and instantly starts murdering. Um, I, I think that's a very good point. I, I do think they redeem it a little bit with the way they handle Willow having committed murder, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. um, later on, because like she is redeemed somewhat for it. Yeah. I, nobody ever goes nobody ever goes to jail. No, <laughs> There's no jail in Buffy, jail. I don't think. <laughs> that, there is I'm sitting here thinking like there's a lot of people murdering and <laughs> Wait, wasn't Faith in jail or No, you're right. Faith does Faith was right? Faith was imprisoned, I thought. Faith goes to jail. Willow doesn't. No. For, no one else that murders goes to jail. No. No, they Well, the vampires, that wouldn't make sense. Yeah, <laughs> they would just kill everybody there they would eat everybody that doesn't make any sense um (laughs) we didn't before before we're done we didn't say anything about giles we've been throwing around best character in the show kind of no i think giles is the best character in the show we haven't discussed giles (laughs) do you do you think giles is the best character in the show (sighs) man i love giles i love giles (laughs) I do love Giles. I I think Giles is a great character. I love his past where he was actually like a secret bad boy, uh-huh. uh huh, rebel. Um, the one the one um uh, was it band candy or whatever yeah, band? Yeah, yeah. The one where he he turns back into his teenage mm-hmm, self mm-hmm. and <laughs> seduces Buffy's mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. <laughs> I love Giles. Oh. Uh, yeah, I mean he's he's a he's a fantastic character. Mm-hmm. He's funny and great, and um, yeah, we just didn't mention. I feel like you can't talk you about Buffy and not Giles. talk about like the love for Giles sure. and like I always wanted. Like I didn't have a librarian like that or a teacher like <laughs> that. I always, <laughs> I always I didn't have a librarian a like Giles. Librarian. <laughs> oh wait, who doesn't long for a British librarian? Come on, fair. <laughs> You know, I think I think what if one of the the characters that I think I wish had had a longer shelf life on the show was uh, was Oz. Um, yes, mm-hmm. uh, yes, that Zandry. is a good point. Yeah, like I, everything that I have a problem with with Xander, I think is solved in Oz, and mm-hmm. and maybe that was the whole joke because Oz is also a werewolf, so he's like a very like compassionate, like logical, like you know a very good dude when he's a human but then he turns into a werewolf but like a lot of his his emotional like you know intelligence that he displays is really it's really nice it's really refreshing to see that sort of a young male character who can you know like who who can express himself that way it's also Mm -hmm. seth green so there's that yeah yeah, he was right. he was he was a wonderful character on the show. I feel like I feel like that need early on to like tie people up in relationships kind of like limited the impact of his character. Mm-hmm. Um because later on as things move forward, people were given more room to breathe and you almost wish he would have come back. Mm-hmm. Um been his own thing. Been his own thing. <laughs> uh can, can we 
one last one last question I have about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, on rewatch, did any of us feel like Dawn is a better character than the first time around? Uh, Why are you giving me a mean look? Because I thought you were going to end that question is, did anyone feel like Dawn? No, no, <laughs> And no. I thought you were trying to say I'm like Dawn. Because you said that the like first Dawn. time we watched Buffy and I didn't realize that that wasn't maybe necessarily the best person to be. <laughs> I don't think anyone's like Dawn because I don't think Dawn is a very believably written character. <laughs> she just kind of comes in there. I mean, uh, intentionally. Yeah. She's introduced out of nowhere, which is a hard sell. By the way, uh, I I feel bad in some ways, like for Dawn, the character, and I guess in a larger extent, I'm sure like Michelle Trachtenberg had to read some like mean comments on the internet Mm. Um, because to just throw a character in that we're all supposed to care about and love Mm -hmm. and as a family member to our main character and everything like, like that and then try to sell that to the audience that is a hard it's a wild play. Right. Like that you're, you're setting that poor girl up for a rough road. Um, no matter how amazing or wonderful she is, like that's going to be tough. Yeah. yeah, they pulled a Chibiu says what they did. <laughs> they did. <Yeah. laughs> Another awful they did. character for a long time. <laughs> exactly. I didn't like Chibiu when she. Yes, yeah. it's very similar. It's a very similar. Yeah. Um. I mean, it all works out for the best because you know she's the key and whatnot. But like, right. <laughs> I I understand what you all are saying about throwing in a younger sister right at the last minute. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> no, no, no. Nobody said that. Uh-huh, and, it, uh-huh. and I think it's really important, especially uh, for when um, the another episode that just to mention it briefly, the body. Oh, uh, yeah. when when Buffy loses her mom. Um, I think that they have each other. That's mm-hmm. good. But uh, but wow. To put an episode in a show that has so much dying all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, people die on Buffy all Every the time. Episode. Right. Like <laughs> yeah. that's part of it. Um not just vampires like they yeah. kill people in yep. them so like people are constantly dying on buffy to have a death that can resonate so strongly is um pretty amazing mm-hmm. uh, and it is that, that is another episode i do i don't think i've ever rewatched. really just because it's but too yeah. hard yeah they're just some that just they're I just i don't know if i have yeah yeah, I just don't think I could go back through that. I don't think I could get in. I don't want to get. Yeah, I mean, I could. I don't want to get in that headspace again. Sure. It was great. I mean, like, I appreciate it for what it was, but sort of like that trend on Twitter the other day, movies that you loved but would never want to watch again. Yeah. I'm I'm good on that particular episode. I don't necessarily ever need to watch again. Yeah. yeah. No, the, the Body is a, is a beautifully done episode, though. And Joyce is a great character, too. Seeing, you know, Buffy's mom, yes. who's originally in the dark about what her daughter's doing, then has to learn that Buffy is the Slayer, has to come to accept that, interacts with a lot of the characters in really funny ways. I love Spike and Joyce in the same room together, because <laughs> Joyce is strangely <laughs> understanding and sympathetic towards Spike. <laughs> yes. She knew what was best for her daughter. Uh, she did. And, uh, you know, uh, we didn't really go into, like, Buffy is a thing of its time. There are areas where I think it, there's things that I think would have been written differently in modern day. It's not Mm -hmm. good as far as representation goes. It has very few people of color in the cast. Uh, Mm -hmm. It does, it's one of those shows in the 90s that love to bury their gaze. Uh, I think when when we get that trope, this is one of those shows that that created that trope because... You know, Willow comes out as a lesbian, has her girlfriend, Tara, who is killed off in order to lead to Willow's grand transformation to the final big bad. So not. Yeah, it 
it's such a sad narrative. That is such a Tara gets such a sad arc. Yeah. Um, for such a, a strong, like you want to talk about the heart. That's a good, yeah. strong yeah, character. Yeah. Good, strong, caring, consistent character who then gets, she gets a rough arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's still, if you haven't seen it, I mean, it's, still it's a great show it's worth a watch uh we always talk about once more with feeling the musical episode which i i guess you could watch without context i did the first time i watched it and still very much enjoyed it i had zero context i was like oh that's buffy and she's a vampire slayer that was the context i had i mean i if you know that and you know that like spikes a vampire and willow's oh willow and tara are both witches and that Anya is a f- previous vengeance demon who is with Xander in that maybe in that, then yeah. it could still oh and also that Buffy died and then was brought back there's from, a lot you do have to understand yeah that's a- <laughs> now that I think about it uh, but now I, that we're making a list that that being said I don't think it's the worst strategy if you want to get into Buffy to watch a later season episode that sure. should be good first because I will say mm-hmm. the first the first season is just a half season it kind of came on as like a mid-season replacement and it's not that it's bad, it's just not what it becomes. So I think if you yeah. start at season one episode of Buffy, you might not be very enticed to keep going. I think like mm-hmm. it hits it hits its stride in season two. So you don't yes. have to wait that long, but you might want to just start with an episode that's kind of held up as a brilliant episode, and that'll give you the taste for what it's capable of, and then go yeah. back. Especially if you get like through season two and three and then you start watching four and you're like, what are they doing? Like, yeah. just yeah. stick with it. Um, and then five seems to end the whole thing because they thought the series was ending. Yeah. But then it got it got brought back to life. So six and seven come. But um, it's all worth it. And if you've only seen the film, I guess there are probably some people out there. The series is so much better. Mm-hmm. Don't don't let that put you off. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well. We love Buffy we, in this house. We, we do. do. We love Buffy. And I just love Sarah Michelle Gellar. I, I follow yeah. her on social media. <laughs> she posts like corn tips. It's like, oh, it's Buffy telling me how to get through quarantine. I love like it. <laughs> what, a, what a great show. What a, and again, what a big part of our, personally, I know, our at least our like cultural language. But I know that's true for so many people. Mm-hmm. Riley, what's next week? Next week... Um, I want to I want to play Among Us okay. with you all and talk about it because it is all the rage right now. Everyone's playing Among Us. AOC got on that train even. Um, so I want to. She did a live stream of it. She did the same night we were doing a live stream. So yeah. that was bad time. Well, bad timing. Not on together. Our part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Um, I'm I think gonna more people maybe watched AOC. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make all of our family learn how to play. If they haven't and play um, so we can talk about it because I find it very enjoyable. All right. All right. Well, we will do it. Um, Taylor, thank you again for letting us talk about Buffy. Yes. Because I I always I always want to talk about Buffy. (laughs) I I feel like if we could just talk Mm -hmm. about Buffy for as long as we could talk about Buffy, it'd be like. Well, there is a podcast about it out there. So you check that out. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. The Vampire Slayer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There are so there are so many things to say about Buffy. I mean, it's it's just endless. But uh, but I look forward to this um, holiday season when hopefully we can all three be in the same room and watch the musical episode and sing it at the top of our lungs. Yes, the, yes. Fam- the family tradition. 
the family it is. tradition. <laughs> that is a family tradition. Yeah. I sound like I'm joking. We really do around do that. the holidays. <laughs> it is. It is a tradition. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, I hope you are all hanging in there, staying safe, wearing your mask, and staying home as much as you can. Um, distancing when you can't. Um, hang in there. The the a vaccine is coming. There are brighter days ahead. I believe that. Um, in the meantime, you can check out a lot of podcasts that can help you get through these through these fall and winter days at MaximumFun.org, where there are lots of wonderful shows you'd enjoy. You can email us at stillbuffering at MaximumFun.org, and you can tweet at us at stillbuff. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And I am too. I touch the fire. <laughs> 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 That's enough. They got the mustard out. Listen, I'm a hotshot Hollywood movie producer. You have until I finish my glass of kombucha to pitch me your idea. Go. All right. It's called Who Shot Ya, a movie podcast that isn't just a bunch of straight white dudes. I'm Ify Whitey the new host of the show and a certified BBN. BBN? Buff black nerd. I'm Alonzo Duraldi, an elderly gay and legit film critic who wrote a book on Christmas movies. I'm Drea Clark, a loud white lady from Minnesota. Each week, we talk about a new movie in theaters and all the important issues going on in the film industry. It's like Guess Who's Coming to Dinner meets Cruising. And if it helps seal the deal, I can flex my muscles while we record each episode. I'm sorry, this is a podcast? I'm a movie producer. How did you get in here? Iffy, quick! Start flexing! Bicep, lats, chest. Who shot you? Dropping every Friday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.